My Comic Shop History is brought to you in part by... Movie lovers should check out this family of film festivals. The Brightside Tavern Film Festival in Jersey City, the Hang On To Your Shorts Film Festival in Asbury Park, and the Point Lookout Film Festival on Long Island. Submission information for filmmakers, as well as details about the festivals generally, can be found at filmfreeway.com. Also, be sure to listen to the podcasts hosted by the festival's organizer, C.J. Cullen. You can find the official Hang On To Your Shorts podcast, as well as the Cullen On Film podcast, via a shared universe network. The Hive Comics and Games is an oasis of nerd fun and events in the heart of Odessa, Texas. Whether it's comic book superhero stories or role-playing in a dungeon, The Hive is where to be. Come tap your mana and face off against the top Magic the Gathering players in West Texas. Hive carries a majority of new comic titles each Wednesday and has all of your favorite titles in their back issue section. Follow them on Facebook at The Hive Comics and on Instagram at The Hive Comic Shop. Alternate Realities has been gone for over five years, but our community lasts forever. And now, in these dark times, the AR signal lights up the night sky, and the old gang is ready to answer the call as we celebrate a year's worth of holidays together. This is The Longer Halloween. Welcome to The Longer Halloween, a My Comic Shop history tale. I am your host, Anthony Desiato. This is part nine, Father's Day. And for this installment, I am joined by the former owner of Alternate Realities, Steve Odo. Steve, welcome. You're on. You're on there, buddy. (laughs) One take Odo. That's what they call me. Okay. Uh, How you doing? I'm doing well. It's, It's really good to see you. I mean, other than the one day that you made a 30-second trade paperback delivery to my home, which I greatly appreciated. I haven't seen you, nor have I spoken to you. We've, we've only communicated via text and, uh, and Facebook messages. So this is the first time I'm like actually talking to you face-to-face, albeit virtually, in over a year. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, I guess, well, you seem to have had a much more contact with people than I have because of all these podcasts. Um, I've really been isolated for the past year. So... Uh, I think Rich Roney calls me every week, and then uh, he's probably the only person I speak to. Um, you know, I get messages once in a while from Drew or somebody. And uh, I guess, I, for me, since you're posting on Facebook all the time uh, with all your you know, announcements, and you have pictures of all these guys that you're talking to, I feel like it, it doesn't feel like time's gone by at all for me. I've been, you know, happy in my isolation. Which, yeah, which is one of the things that we'll discuss. But, all right, here's a good barometer for uh, how plugged in you are to the AR community. Uh, are you aware, so this is the, the June Father's Day installment. Next month, July, Independence Day, part of the longer Halloween, my guest will be Carolyn. Are, are you aware that Carolyn is engaged? No. <laughs> okay, nor was I, no, so I there we go. Oh, okay. <laughs> nor was I. Again, I have no contact with anybody. I just... You know, every now and then you see on Facebook somebody puts an announcement of this or that, but uh, re- really, it's been—I I may as well have been on the moon and uh, happy there. Yeah, <laughs> it's honestly—I haven't, I haven't talked to anybody. Have no idea what's going on. I mean, I mean, a lot of people you lose touch with anyway. Um, so, what can I tell you? 
Yeah. Congratulations, Carolyn. <laughs> yeah, well, it, you know, this came about because uh, San Gregorio, Mike San Gregorio, he emailed the crew asking for addresses. And he, he framed it as, you know, he was uh, updating contact info. And you know what, to be honest, he's an accountant. He's pretty meticulous. I honestly didn't think twice. I was like, oh, he's probably updating his records. Uh, so I sent my new address. And then he followed up because he did not hear back. He followed up with me individually because he did not hear back from you or from, <laughs> or from one of the other guys in the group. And he, and he asked for your addresses and I responded. And it was at that point that he revealed it was to collect addresses for Carolyn's forthcoming wedding. And I said, I had no idea. I said, is this a secret? I said, or can I congratulate her? And he was like, no, he's like, it's not a secret. I thought everybody knew. I said, news to me. So I, I guess I feel a little bit better knowing that it's news to you as well. All right. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm a little surprised that I guess I'm one of the only ones who didn't respond. I vaguely remember seeing the email, but it's like, eh, I'll get around to it. Yeah, day. I'm not surprised that you didn't respond. That is the least surprising <laughs> part uh, <laughs> about all of this, my friend. Okay. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you know, it's this has become a theme in the longer Halloween. And, like virtually every episode that I've done, the 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 common factor is people are like, oh, I talked to Rich on the phone. He's the one, he's the one person who just about everyone has at least semi-regular contact with. He's the glue well, that really keeps this group together. Well, it's because he doesn't have uh, internet, I suppose you say. You know, he, he makes an effort to use the telephone every weekend and we're on a schedule. Like if I miss yeah. his call on a Saturday at 11 o'clock or noon, then I'm out of luck. And I have to, uh, he used to do it twice a, a, a Saturday and a Sunday, but uh, I think it uh, stresses him out to talk to me. So uh, I only get the Saturdays now. He, uh, yeah, I, it varies between Saturday and Sunday for me. He very graciously, you know, he knows uh, my son's nap schedule and mm -hmm. he will, he will call during that time when he knows I have a free hour, which is very nice. And I do very much appreciate that. Uh, so he's, he's the one person that just about everyone still talks to. I've obviously been talking to people through this podcast. Um, again, you and I have, have exchanged, uh, texts and Facebook messages, but, uh, but it's, it's really good to see you. The first thing that stands out to me is, uh, is how long your hair is. And, you know, if people might remember one of the Odoisms or one of the Scofacts is that, uh, Sco does not get his hair cut more than, than twice per year. But I think now we have to add a pandemic addendum, uh, because when there's a pandemic, there's no haircut for Sco. For people who are watching, yeah. Although we're losing, <laughs> yeah. well, my goodness. I don't know if I can get this on the film, on, on the on the camera at the right angle. What a treat yeah. for people who are watching this! I got to tell you, what a what a yeah. treat. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I took I take COVID very seriously. I know. And uh, I I don't know if you have time for the story, but I went to the uh, the hairstylist that Ann and I both go uh, in White Plains just before the uh, shutdown back in was it March or April and uh, I walked in to buy some shampoo for her because we figured they had to stock up and uh, talking to the to the people who were working there is like they weren't taking it seriously at all and I don't know if you recall the last time we all got together was for Rich Roney's birthday dinner at the end of February yep when COVID was a whole new thing that people didn't know anything about um, I, I remember saying I don't think this is going to be a very good thing. I think I said I think this is going to be very bad, and uh, well, I, I screwed up this camera, didn't I? 
<laughs> other way. Go the other way. There you go. <laughs> your other right. Really? I mean, people, uh-huh. if you're not if you're not on the YouTube channel, you're you're uh, you're missing out here. <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway, uh, but you know, so many people are thinking those this the flu is worse, so this is isn't is not going to be so bad, and um, and that's why I thought after things started reopening and people are saying, well, we wipe down every hour or we're, you know, we're all being very careful and clean and washing our hands. And I'm thinking, I don't trust these people. I don't trust the people out there that, uh, you know, human nature is that after about a couple of weeks, you can say, well, we cleaned last, you know, an hour ago, so we don't have to do it now. And then they get lax about it. And then, you know, uh, months go by and, and it, it was getting worse and worse. So I decided I'm just going to wait till uh, either it grows so long that I can't do anything with it anymore, or uh, at least at least now I'm fully vaccinated, and uh, maybe I'll get a haircut. But now it's, so, it's it was a pain in the neck for a while to have this hair this long, but now it's so long that I can actually tie it all back. So now I'm thinking, well, do I really need to get a haircut? Who knows? Go ahead. No, 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 that's great. <laughs> I uh, so I have not been to uh to the i would say barber but as a salon i haven't been to the salon in uh in over a year but my wife has been cutting it she's been doing a really good job and she keeps getting better at it too we because i got a haircut very shortly before lockdown like before you know it, it really got serious so i was good for the first like two to three months of of quarantine it was getting long but i had just had a haircut so it was okay and then we got to a point where it was like i'm not going to get it cut and but I got to do something, and so Steph's been cutting it, and uh, usually like every one to two months, and uh, yeah, she does good work. <laughs> uh, you know. If it had been me cutting your hair, you just, you don't know what says what it says on the back. Yes, no, that is true. Yeah. Now this is the Father's Day installment. I know that surrogate father figure is not a role that you ever sought out at alternate realities, but I you have to recognize that you serve that role for so many of us um and i'm just curious what if any thoughts you have on that as we are celebrating father's day on this podcast here the fact that you you really did function as a as a as a surrogate father to so many of these these young men who came through alternate realities myself included i I guess i never really thought of myself that way um so it's it's uh not that throws me off now because you know it's been mentioned several times in the past few years um i guess in some ways i guess you know for a handful of you guys i did feel almost like a father figure or a substitute father figure but i knew uh, it's more of a sense of uh i had a, a desire to guide and protect you guys from the bad things that well because i'm such a pessimist from the bad things that the world was going to present to you so, you know, it's more important to, I guess, prepare you for uh, the real world. So, hope I did okay. <laughs> uh, hope I didn't screw you guys too much. No, not at all. I mean, you know, and I, not to speak for anyone else, but I'm sure, you know, many of the guys would, would echo this. But, you know, we, we definitely always felt that. And, I mean, I know I learned an awful lot from you. And every Father's Day, I mean, I think of my dad. <laughs> I think of you, you know. <laughs> And, uh, you know, so that's why, of course, you know, you, you are always going to be the guest for this. Also, this episode actually hits on a few things because, you know, this is our June episode. We do monthly installments of the longer Halloween. So this is June. Not only is June Father's Day, it's also your birthday. 
And it's also the anniversary of the opening and the closing of alternate reality. So June is a big month in, in alternate realities lore and, and mm -hmm. Steve Odo mythology as well. So, uh, so you were always going to be the guest uh, for this. But I think about you all the time. And I know I probably mentioned this on other episodes. And I know I've mentioned it to you off mic. But, you know, my job in law school admissions, not all that different from retail. Not as different as you might expect. And there are so many times where I'm like, uh, it just makes me feel like I'm back behind the counter, but not in a fun way. <laughs> Most recently, I know you'll appreciate this, and I posted about this on Facebook. We do all these Zooms with prospective students. And I don't know how familiar you are with Zoom, but there's this feature called waiting room where you can put people in a waiting room and admit them one at a time. And you can use that for any number of reasons. For us, it's so that we can have private, one-on-one, -on -one, individualized counseling sessions. And it's all over the website. It's all over the sign-up page. We use the waiting room. You'll be admitted one at a time. Please be patient. Please wait your turn. When the session begins, I, I message everyone in the waiting room to remind them. And inevitably, it's like without fail, every time I get an email from someone saying, I'm in the waiting room. What's going on? I've been waiting 20 minutes. Is this happening? It drives me nuts. And it just makes me think of you and your, read the sign, read the sign. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, I guess uh, you know, I've always been a little bit more vicious about stuff like that. <laughs> to me, if I were in your place, I, I would automatically, for that person's record, just check off saying, deny, deny. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, uh, don't, don't bother to waiting to, to wait. You're not, you're not getting in that, that you know, there are plenty of candidates. <laughs> <laughs> there are more so than ever. I mean, this is really a tangent, but it's been, it's been a lot. The volume of applications has been higher than I've seen in the near decade I've been there. So it's, it's been, it's been hopping in admission. So I probably could get away with doing something like that. Applicants. <laughs> hey, so speaking of your signs and uh, Bill Mayo and I talked about this when he was on the premiere of the longer Halloween, we were talking about, we were speculating of like, what, you and the store would have been like during COVID. And I can't even, I don't know, I can't. Well, I guess let me ask you this first. Like, let's say the store were still open and then all of this pandemic happened. I mean, do you think, what do you think you would have done? Would you have done, I, this is my prediction. I think you would have done curbside. I think you would have done that. But you tell me, would you have done mail order? Like, how do you think you would have approached it if you were still running the shop? That's a, that's a hard question because it wasn't just COVID that hit all the comic book stores in the past 12 months. Um, for those who don't follow the industry, um, Diamond had been exclusive distributor for both Marvel and DC as well as all, all, all comic product. And um, what is it? I guess it was Marvel that left first. And uh, oh no, no it's, DC, it's DC, DC. DC, DC left first. So suddenly all the stores had to open a new account with a new distributor who was exclusive for DC, as well as continue their diamond account to get everything else. And then uh, recently Marvel decided to break away from diamond as well. So now all, every little shop is, well, they're kind of forced to open three different accounts with three different distributors. That means you're getting three different shipments at different points in the week. Uh, there's a lot of extra uh, UPS or shipping expense 
on top of it. Plus, your discounts are going to be smaller because you're just not ordering a large quantity of stuff from the one distributor. So uh, I think it's just getting harder and harder to be in the business. With us, I think, well, I mean, it's easy, it's easy to look back and say, what, what will we, we have done? I think uh, we probably would have, in order to survive, if the product was still coming out on a weekly basis, uh, we would have had to have done curbside. And um, I guess I'd have to answer the phone on Wednesdays. But uh, yeah, that's probably the only way to be able to, to move new product. Because again, it's like, well, I always said it's like having newspapers. And uh, if you don't get rid of it that first week, it's, chances are you're never going to get rid of it. Um, I think what, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the way that All Yeah Harrison has been selling their stuff. Uh, Mark does these live sales. Mm -hmm. They're not auction. They're not live auctions. They're actually just live sales where he holds up a product, uh, gives a quick explanation about what it is, and if it's like a twenty-five dollar trade, and you know you can you can have it for twenty dollars. Whoever claims it first, and you have this feed where people are are watching it and just typing in, "I claim this, I claim that." Um, and you know, I think he moves a lot of product that way, and uh, it's a lot of work. Um, I guess I, I would have been kind of enjoyed doing something like that um, because he, I guess it would have frustrated me because he has a, a good eye or a, a good a good mind for putting up stuff that people want. And um, I would have put up stuff that I like, that I think is valuable or worth buying. And I have a funny feeling that most people who watch it would have not purchased it. And that would probably piss me off a lot. Um, I, I guess uh, there. I mean, there are times when he puts stuff up that I think is very good, and nobody buys it. And I would go in a week later just to purchase it. Um, I, I like the idea of that. That uh, I call them civilians, but people outside the hobby have an opportunity to buy some really good stuff. But a week, by, if a week goes by and he hasn't sold it then I kind of get pissed at the human race saying, if they're not smart enough to buy it, I'm going to buy it. And that's what I end up doing. Um, I've done that a few times, but I don't buy it to keep for my own collection because I really don't need it for my collection. Uh, I buy it because I think it's such a good thing. And his prices are very fair that uh, I take it and I flip it. So, Well, yeah, I definitely, I couldn't agree more that I think if you were to do something like that, they would get very angry. You would the 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 sales would get very angry very fast. <laughs> a lot of yelling. Yeah, but we'd have a good time doing that. Yeah, that's true. But the thing that I was thinking of, and this is what Bill and I were talking about, we were just saying to ourselves, like, you know, because your signs were legendary, right? About you know, don't you know, don't knock on the door on a Wednesday, all that stuff. But we were saying, like, could you imagine in the time of COVID what his signs would be like? You know, like, no. <laughs> or someone, you know, someone tried to come in without a mask. Like, you know, I could just imagine. Yeah, it wouldn't have been very good. It, it, it was, uh, I guess, I guess keeping the doors locked would have, well, you know, keeping the doors, doors closed would probably have made me happier than anything. That's true. Um, <laughs> you That's know, true. again, we always, we always joke about Sean's wedding, you know, that, that it was free comic book day and we were all invited to the wedding. We were all there so that the store was closed. There was nobody else running it. And, uh, you know, big sign on the, on the front door saying uh, we're closed and people, you know, coming to the store who never come. But it's free comic book day. So they came and they'd be pulling on the door. And we really wanted to set a camera up from the inside 
just to see that look of on their faces when they pull in the door and they can't understand why we're closed after comic book day. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, my, it was for, for me, even like working in the store with the doors locked before hours and people would come and want to come in and knock on the glass. It's like, no, you can't come in. I know. This, this store is the best. You can't come in. I know. Rich so, always said, I, Rich said, I never got that retail thing. Got, uh, never got the hang of retail. Uh, as aspects of it, but I, <laughs> you know, I and I, I gotta say, you know, when you, we're now coming up on six years since you closed the store, and I and so many of the others, you know, we recognize that this wasn't bringing you joy anymore. So, you know, I certainly never begrudged you closing it. Like I was sad that it was gone, but you know, the idea of you continuing it and getting more and more miserable, I would never want that for you. So I was always, I always understood, sad as I was, like I understood, and I it was never like I wish, like I wish he kept doing it. I wish you would have enjoyed it, right? Like that would have been the ideal scenario, but that wasn't the case. But over this past year, this is the first time where I really said to myself, I'm like, I'm not only do I just understand, but it's like, I'm so glad he closed. Like I can't, I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like this would have, I mean, you know, this was obviously this has been so hard on everyone in, in many ways, but especially for you, given how you were feeling about the store to begin with, adding on another few years, then this, uh, I, I mean, it just, multiple times I thought to myself, it's like, I'm glad we didn't have to, you didn't have to go through this. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you know, and my wife constantly says, thank God you closed the store. Um, because it was, it was killing me. I mean, not, not, uh, I'm physically killing me. Um. You know, but blood pressure was in the 150s over whatever, you know, uh, the cholesterol, the crappy foods, the, the three Mountain Dews a day. Um, you know, a, a, after it was all done and I finally did go to a doctor, um, he said, uh, I'm not diabetic, but my numbers are so high that he said, he said, you should consider yourself diabetic. Um, so I've cut down that and, I, and you know, I eat healthier foods. Um actually sleep more well not anymore. well i should i i i i'm supposed to sleep more but i'm so used to only getting a few hours of sleep that i still stay up to uh do nonsense what time do you but, go to bed uh, usually when 1 30 hmm. yeah and Anne has to go to bed early because she she gets up early to work um so she might be in bed by 10 10 or 10 30 uh i'll stay up to uh do whatever you know end of day chores dishes and take out the dog and all the other stuff but uh, uh i like to do my uh, i like to do the ebay late at night um you know just sit there listening to uh, pop music japanese pop music and um do the research or do the editing of photos and do the listings i've got like close to uh i think i've got close to 800 items now which I, I should have 2,000 items after f five, six years of doing this, but um, but it's not a chore so much as it's, it's still enjoyable for me. And uh, it did, it, it, you know, when you say it was no fun, it's, it's sort of fun again to do that kind of retail. So uh, I'm glad. I, I, my, my only worry, of course, is that I have so much stuff, not just store inventory, but everything sells. So uh, I, I don't know that I'll ever be able to get through all this stuff. The, the plan now is if I can uh, get rid of everything within the next three to five years, um, 
I'm going to turn 65 soon. So the idea is to get rid of as much as we can, uh, even get rid of the stuff in the warehouse. And uh, I would then, Ann and I would probably end up looking for uh, uh, like a condo that uh, would require less work or all that uh, yard work and stuff. And uh, then Evan would take the store, uh, take the take the house, and uh, it becomes, um, you know, for him to, I suppose, you know, start his family and yeah, your son. continue the legacy. Yeah. So that's sort of the the, the I guess is a long term plan. But three years goes by very quickly, so I don't know that I'm going to be able to get rid of. Him. I, I keep finding new stuff that it's that's like I, I can't get, I can't throw this away. I just found some catalogs that I asked Evan if he wanted them. There's some uh, and. Yeah. Where they replica swords and shields and and Ren fair type costumes, and uh, I think it was like maybe a quarterly catalog from about ten or fifteen years ago. And uh, Evan didn't want them, but then when I looked it up, they're like expensive. <laughs> so it's like, oh, I can't throw these in the recycling bin. I have to sell these, and that's what I've been doing. Yeah. But it's fun. I, I, I you know, it's, it's like legal legal research. Um, I, I realized that the, the thing I enjoyed probably most about the, the law was the research. And the writing so uh uh in a way you know, to do all this background stuff about a particular comic book or uh you know hard covers soft covers action figures it's uh it's it's fun to go to s it's stuff that i probably knew way back when but i've forgotten so to read it all again and and uh and then you know, put it into a, a description is uh, actually enjoyable for me so keep him busy yeah no i'm i'm you know, I'm glad, I'm glad that you're enjoying it. I mean, I think just from your posts and everything that, that comes through, I know you enjoy the process of listing. I know you love finding stuff, whether it's at the warehouse or at home. I know you continue finding these, these treasures. The joy of getting old and forgetting. It's like every time I find it every few years, it's like, it's like the first time. Uh, yes. So uh, I, I just, it's like Christmas every time. Yeah. You're, you know, as far as the forgetfulness, I mean, you, you require, yeah, I do a lot of podcasting as, as you know, you require the most reminders <laughs> out of everybody. <laughs> cause I have what, my reminder that we're doing one yeah, or, or I just a reminder of anything. It, well, I got both, I guess, but that we're doing it and when we're doing it. Cause for everyone, like I have my process, right? We set it up and then I'll follow up with the person you know, right before, but usually I don't even need to do that. Like they're, they're posting about it or they're reaching out to me. Like they're like, I know it's, they're, <laughs> they're good to go with you. I also build in a couple of extra reminders, uh, you know, just, just to make sure. Uh, and I've learned to stop trying to plan it so far in advance with you. I, you know, I'll do it like a little bit, a little bit closer. So, okay. <laughs> uh, hey, yeah. I, no, I, I do forget. It makes, it worries Anne. You know that that I become so forgetful. I, I've always put my glasses down. I can't find them. Uh, never take my phone with anywhere because I'm not glued to it. So it might be charging, and I and I'm gone for half a day without it. Um, and then goes you know all this all this stuff that uh, when I put it down, I, I think oh, I'll I'll remember where it is. But you know, three months, six months later, it's like oh, I didn't know I had one of these. So it's great. Yeah. I, I really like life. <laughs> I mean, you know, and obviously Anne would be able to, you know, speak to whether you've gotten more forgetful. For me, I would say that I don't know that I've noticed much of a difference. I think the the big difference is just that when the store was there, I always knew where you were. And so it's like if we were going to do a podcast after you closed or, or you know, interview you for a college paper after you, it's like I knew you were there. Even if you forgot, 
you were still there and I would catch you before the store closed and, and we would be able to do oh, it, well, oh, you know, yeah. on my way out. It's like, oh, we're doing one tonight. Oh, okay. Exactly. Uh, yeah, but yeah. I'm glad, you know, it all worked out I, when you were talking about legal research and writing. I, again, I thought of you recently in the, on the law school front. So uh, you, uh, you were a member of law review when you were in, 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 in law school. Uh, what I've come to find is that most, probably most, I would say incoming law students don't know what a law review is. And for any of our audience who doesn't know, it's a journal that publishes scholarly articles on the law, and it's edited by students. And it's it's competitive to get on law review. You typically receive credit for it. It's one of the more prestigious of the extracurricular activities. And, you know, I certainly knew about it probably from you, to be perfectly honest. I, that was probably how I how I knew what it was. But what we were doing, what? No, I'm just thinking, it's like, how, how can you apply to law school and not understand or have any familiarity with what's involved it's like saying i'm going to be a doctor and saying i had no idea that i was covered in blood one day <laughs> yeah you know, it, it, okay it's uh, i don't i honestly i think part of it might be that i don't know that law review itself is is just i don't know as known or as discussed or as big of a thing as it was when you went to law school or even when i went to law school 10 years ago well i mean just the idea of law review is like saying i'm going to this college and and that has a fraternity and it's like going to that college and not knowing that they have fraternities or sororities. Um, yeah. Like, uh, like, going, like, like going to a gym and not knowing that there's a swimming pool there or something. I don't know. It's, it's, again, as I said before, the similarities between, <laughs> between admissions and retail, the, the line isn't as clearly defined as, as, as you might think. But we were doing this Zoom session recently and, and with, with incoming students and talking about because uh, a lot of them, the thing they are very concerned about is preparing to start law school. What can they do over the summer? What can they read? What can they do to get themselves ready? That comes up in all of these sessions. And in one of them, we had one of the incoming students. He's an international student. So I think there maybe was even a little bit more of, of a divide there. But law review came up in our general discussion. And then when he was asking about how to prepare for starting law school, he, he was like, well, if I want to start to learn the law and review the law, should I go to the law review? And then, you know, we, we explained what it was, but so he really had just a very different <laughs> idea of, uh, of what it Did he is. think it was like a, like a, like a, a prep like, course? I think he thought like it was like a study guide or a prep course yeah, okay. or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, but you know, there you go. But listen, speaking of other things that bring you joy, right? Cause I know you love listing stuff and, and, and things like that. You recently had what seemed to be a very pleasurable experience at Toyota. Would you, would you like to talk about that? Because you, man, you were you were riding high on that from your Facebook post. Yeah, you know what it was. It's uh, uh, the it's New Rochelle Toyota, and I thought it was going to be a simple uh, air conditioner repair, but uh, they took they had to take it apart and they had to test the lines to see if there was a leak, and then uh, then they found all this other stuff that was wrong. And so suddenly it's like you have to come back tomorrow, and it'll be like seven hundred dollars for this, and if we had to do this, is another two hundred fifty, another three hundred here. So I started doing the numbers in my head and saying, "Is it time to buy a new car?" Because if I hit, if it hit like five or seven thousand, I said, "This is crazy. It doesn't make any sense. I may as well just buy a new car." Um, but uh, in, in the end, it's like, okay, uh, it turned out to be like four thousand. But rather than having to sit in the waiting room with uh, with you know a crowd of a dozen people, uh, the the young fellow, the service guy, said, "Follow me," and uh, he took me up to. Uh, I guess it's the sales floor in the back room and they have a waiting room with, with its own television 
three cubicles, uh, soda machine, vending machine, coffee machine, and um, and the cubicles had plugs, so you could uh, you know keep your uh, your machines, your computer, whatever charged while you're working on it. And nobody else seemed to know about this room, so this is like it's like a private waiting room. And I thought this is great. So I went when I went the next day. I took two iPads, the the, the uh, these ear thingamajigs, um, lots of work to do, lots of eBay work, and uh, I didn't care if I was going to be there three hours, five hours, seven hours. It was great. wasn't bothered by anybody. And then you would come up every now and then, and let me know how, what the progress was. But um, but yeah, I like your comment afterwards that I would try to uh, come up with reasons to go back. Um, but yeah, and, and, and I actually <laughs> did think about not, you know, causing damage to the car so they had more repairs to do, but going, you know, with a, with a box of donuts or something like that and saying, hey, is it okay if I just hang out here for a couple of hours upstairs? Nobody else was using the room. And, uh, and then it occurred to me that oh, I, I really just need to clear off some space at home and uh, have a desk to work at. Maybe that'll be the same thing. Yeah, I was only half joking in my Facebook comment, by the way, that you that you would purposely find reasons to go. I mean, maybe breaking the car that that was more in jest. But <laughs> as far as finding reasons to go, uh, you know, I, I I could see that. But yeah, there's really something to that. And I've talked about this in other episodes. But since we moved, and I now have the home office, aka Flat Squirrel Studios, here, man, it's just what a difference. I feel like I'm a lot more productive, and it's just to be able to just slip into that that space you know we always talk about comic shops and the importance of the space where the communities can flourish and people can come together and have friendship and fun you know similarly <laughs> with the home office it, it really does kind of um really does help with the with the focus and and uh uh you know just kind of getting in the zone so um what i what i was thinking was you know uh you spend a lot of time at westies the warehouse where you have your, your not, two units. not anymore not, not as I much anymore well because of covid oh, now right. it's like um, now I used to just pop in almost every day and stay there for three hours. Um, but now you have to make an appointment to go to your, your, uh, locker. And, um, I, I don't think, you know, I mean, I, I'll make an appointment once in a while and say, I'll, I'll figure I'll be there for about two hours and, uh, probably stretch it out to, to three and feel guilty about it. But, um, but usually they just limit it to two different, uh, occupants. And um, it's been very inconvenient. So uh, in the end, I guess I just, you know, I go there, I pull out maybe a short box worth of stuff and then, and then leave. So I, I'll just work on it at home. The, ha the house is like covered in, in, in boxes. I must have 15 or 20 short boxes just sitting around with different things that I've pulled out of the warehouse that I'm going to eventually get to to sell. Um, and I've been pretty good about it. But uh it's it's overwhelming you know we sold all the comics oh i know uh, i was, was going to uh, ask about that yeah that 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 was a lot you sold um, all of the sing all of the single issues that were at the warehouse mm -hmm. to all the stuff that was in the back issue bins and all the long boxes that were piled up how did this come about uh a neighbor had a friend from upstate who was a retired state trooper and decided that, and the guy decided he wanted to open his own comic book shop. Uh, actually, he had his own shop, but it had like no inventory. And so he wanted to to buy uh, a large collection, and um, and he was serious. 
so he came down and uh, we spent the, the day for him to go through everything and uh came came up to with a number made arrangements for him to come back with a truck and a, and a buddy to help him load and uh and it was done i i, I mean part of me well, you know, as a collector, part of me wishes I hadn't given it all up because I know it was a fortune in product. But at the same time, um, again, as I get older, I realize I'm not going to live. Well, everybody tells me this. I'm not going to live long enough to sell it all. And um, I, ha I look at it more as, as if uh, like death came to me and said, listen, I'll give you 30,000 and uh, you just give me all these books and I'll give you back three years of your life or I'll give you an additional three years of your life. And uh, I said, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, in, in my mind, I kind of go over and say, well, I know this was there and that was there, good stuff. Um, but again, I have to think of it as uh, we got rid of a lot of stuff that I would it would take forever. It would all eventually sell, as you know. Everything eventually sells, um, but when you have like this many, uh, can you see <laughs> this this many of the same thing? It. Uh, I mean, I've been doing that too. You know, selling that, that multiple copies of the same book. I think I sold. Uh, I must have sold thirty copies of uh, what was it? Uh, Black Panther. A, a miniseries yeah. uh, and it wasn't even issue one i think it was issue two it just, the buyer happened to be the the uh the artist or the inker for the book out in texas but uh but odd coincidence that you know i had it and i guess he wanted it so he could you know sign them and sell them but um everything eventually sells but again it was it was good to get rid of it all and um yeah, there's no, you know, again, there's no shortage of, of other things to sell. I still have all the trades and hardcovers. I've been working on that. I've done a lot of the Bowen bus, but I still have a must, I must still have 70 Bowen bus out of 250. So getting there. I was honestly, when I saw your Facebook post that you sold all the comics, I was thrilled. I was surprised that you pulled the trigger. I wasn't floored because, you know, we had had discussions where you had expressed an interest, a willingness to at least explore that possibility. And, you know, we talked about some other dealers who, you know, maybe would be interested. And so I knew it was something that you were at least entertaining. Um, but I was very pleasantly surprised that I saw you had, you had pulled the trigger on it. And I, I'm thrilled. I, uh, you know, Rich Roney and I joked that uh, the, the guys at Westies must have been, must have been getting a little nervous, you know, to see that much leave. Because you're their, I mean, you're their best customer. They got to, they got to keep you there. They got to keep you happy. Yeah, they're not worried because I keep coming back with more. Well, that's true. But that's yeah. what I was going to say before is that I bet if you said to them that, you know, I really would like to have a kind of an office space to use, they would they would probably fire someone and give you their desk. I, I, I know. you. I mean, listen, I know you la I know you, you, you brush it off. And but, you, but I'm honestly, I really feel like the manager of that West, he's like, is getting bonuses, is getting like employee of the month. No. I just listen, the, the <laughs> fact that you have multiple units of that size for six years. I mean, you know, I feel like the I feel like that location probably outperforms its neighboring Westies and the corporate is looking at it and they're like, wow, like, what do you think accounts for this? And this whoever the person is who runs it is like getting all these accolades and it's you. Yeah, well, I, I believe uh, this. I, I mean, I certainly I'd stay, stay there more often if, not aside from the COVID thing, 
if the individual rooms had uh, an electric plug. I know. No, I know. Yeah, I know. Then, I, then I would have set up a, a desk with chairs and, and you know, had music playing and, and uh, I'd, I'd have a laptop and, and, and work there all day. So I shouldn't but, say this because maybe I shouldn't encourage this, but whatever. So we got, so when we moved, um, you know, one of the things that we just wanted to have on hand is a, like a generator of some sort in case we lose power. And what I ended up getting was, it's it's relatively small this this uh, battery and it's rechargeable. It's not it's not like one of those uh, those gas uh, you know uh, generators that you you know that makes so much noise. Mm -hmm. You just leave this inside. You charge it, um, and you know you can power multiple devices with it for hours. I mean, you could do something like that. Oh, uh, just for uh, for the iPad or something. Yeah, going. it'll you could like have a little lamp and a and an iPad and and you're good to go. It would be okay, except for the fact that you have to wear a mask, right? You know, so even even in the back room, I I have to have that mask on. Well, if you close the door, least... well, again, it. Uh, Although the air is not so, yeah, not I would still, yeah, 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 yeah. The light is not so good. The air is not so great. Yeah, you no, know, it's it's uh, it, it's uh, it's one of those things I I've adjusted. It's like it it might actually be difficult for me now to go back and spend so much time at the warehouse. Right. No, ultimately, uh, it's it's, like it's probably a healthy thing that you're not there quite as much. So, well, yeah, I mean, I used to take my lunch there and I used to sit there in, in one of those big chairs that we brought in. But, uh, you know, it's and, and as far as like getting rid of the stuff, it's like, well, you know, I was I always thought about getting rid of all the statues and the, and the, and the Boeing bus and the SISO statues and everything we had at, to one dealer. Uh, and unfortunately, he passed away like last year. So it's like, well, I guess I won't be talking to him. Um, we had always oh, talked right. about the, even uh, Ben at uh, Zap, you know, to talk to him about does he want to buy all the comics. But he had actually said to me that I, he could never give me the kind of money that I would want to get for it. Um, I don't know if that's true because, honestly, I, I look back in my mind trying to do the inventory of what was there. And... Uh, and I even said this to the guy who bought it. I said, if he does this right, he could probably make a hundred thousand out of it. And I know that if I had another twenty years to live, I could probably make a hundred and fifty thousand out of it. But uh, there's no time. So, um, so Ben Ben could have. It would have been an okay deal for Ben, I think. But uh, I was I didn't want to press him. You know, he's he's too good a guy, and he, he he's a good businessman. So I I I. I think he his money would have been better off spent on other collections of more uh, stuff that, that stuff that would move a little bit easier for him um, you know talk to, I'm talking to all oh, yeah about the, all the trades and hardcovers to just send you know they need inventory out in Illinois oh right at their yeah. other location yeah so it's like well you know it's a, it's not so much a question of the money it's like it's the time so if we give him what is it now it's, I'm going to guesstimate that there's a hundred and fifty short boxes of just of trades, not the hardcovers. And if he can take that and his people can sell it and we just split it, that's fine, you know. Right. It would help him out so to to get inventory into his other stores, um, and it'd be one less thing for me to have to worry about because again, I could, uh, you know, sell this Pez dispenser, get more fun out of putting that up than putting up a whole bunch of Walking Dead trade paperbacks. So, yeah, we'll see. You know, it always works out, right? Oh, everything uh, works out in the end. Another Otoism. Uh, yeah, I mean, fate, fate will suddenly 
you know, present me with a situation where it's like, okay, I just have to say yes and it'll be done. And then six months later, I'll have forgotten that I did it and it won't bother me at all. <laughs> so uh, speaking of all, yeah, I saw that you spent some time there making up bags and boards. And I'm curious yeah. what your what your time was, because I know you always took a lot of pride in how quickly you can make up 100 bags and boards. Seven minutes. <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, I did. Uh, well, I had dropped off, what, a thousand bags, a thousand boards. There's apparently there's a shortage, a supply shortage in the industry. So comic book shops around the country aren't getting comic book bags and boards. Um, and as you know. Uh, I tend to I tended to over order so that in the warehouse we still have cases of boards and cases of bags uh, lots of supplies um, do you need any no I'm good but I actually okay. <laughs> I was you know I'll give a little hint so I'm I'm going to be uh, reimagining one of my podcasts and the new name uh, takes its cue from uh, supply and I once again thought of you as I was thinking about uh, how how the title might work. Anyway, we'll, we'll get more on that later. But uh, but yeah. yeah, no. So I saw you know. So yeah, as far as the time, I, yeah, yeah. I, I took in a, a thousand bags, a thousand boards because they needed them. And I, I I don't know how much you follow what's going on over it. Oh yeah, but that that poor guy is working like a dog, and under a lot of pressure. Um, and I thought, geez, you know, and, and, and he's had all these health things going on, too, because he had COVID. Mm -hmm. And uh, that pretty much exhausted him. And then he's also, he's, I don't know if we should talk about his personal health problems, but he's got enough that it would be a, a having one of these problems is bad. Having like two or three, it makes it so much worse. So I just wanted to try to go every now, now and then and try to make life a little easier for him. Um, and so I said, you know what, it, I do seven, I do 100 of these in seven minutes. So I could, I could it, give me an hour and a half. I can do it all. But so now you, but so you used to do, what was it, four and a half minutes back in the day? Uh, well, seven was the average. I could do about six, you know, I could do it in five and a half or something like that. But yeah. And then when Evan, Evan would come over and he wanted to see if he could beat me, he was pretty good too. <laughs> but yeah. But uh, couldn't beat the old man. Um, but yeah, so, I, you know, I went there and, and I don't know if you remember Joel Rodriguez. He happened to be there going through the back issues. So I wasn't going quite so fast because we were talking at the same time, mm. and um, and uh, you know got it all done and uh, left it with him. And I, I, I say it took a little less than an hour and a half, but uh, yeah, but it's automatic. It's like washing dishes. It's, it, you don't think about it as you're doing it. So it's like, oh, this is good. Yeah. And you know, I, I get that great set of, set of satisfaction when I see a, a box that's filled with pre-made bags and boards. Yeah. Yes. Why? Well, in fact, when. Uh when there was going to be an undiscovered realm comic-con a year ago and alternate realities was going to be a vendor. I know you wanted to just sell pre-made bags and boards would have been the, the hit of the convention. That was just before. Yeah. I mean, we had signed up and that was just before the lockdown. I know. And I had actually gone to the warehouse and made a, a long box of bags and boards in preparation for it, even though it was still months away. And I said, well, I don't want to waste time, you know, panicking, trying to get it done. So I just, I just started doing a couple hundred a day and, uh, and then the, the whole shutdown came and I said, you know what? They're not going to have a show. Uh, you know, I mean, and you and I, I went to the warehouse with you and then we grabbed lunch after and we were talking about the convention and, and what we might bring. And, you know, like Bill and I and Rich, we were very excited for the prospect of alternate realities return. I launched a podcast miniseries called The Homecoming, which ended up being <laughs> real short lived. 
And that was actually one of the other things that I talked to Bill about when he was on the show, because we are we are both in agreement that the ship has sailed. I, I, we feel like there was that moment in time where you were open to doing the show. Now that obviously it didn't happen, it didn't happen this year, when, whenever it does happen, I, we we both feel that you you would not sign up again. Is that is that the case? I don't think I have anything to sell. Unless I, I mean, I don't have back issues. Right, uh, I and mean, all the, the single issues, issues are gone. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's not like I have no comic books in the house. I have still, I guess, the equivalent of uh, twenty long boxes, uh, miscellaneous. Some of them are, are new and not not worth much, but I've got a lot of old Silver Age and Bronze Age that's actually pretty good, and um, I decided I'm not going to sell those. I I spoke to Evan about this. Um, yeah, I, I, I have a couple of big books that I've been given off. I've been I've received offers for, which uh, are eye popping offers. But uh, you know, we spoke about it. I spoke to Drew about it too. Um, and I said, you know, it, it, we're not uh, knock on wood. You know, we're not in a position where we need the money. So uh, even if it is a very generous offer, it's like I think I'd rather hold the books. And I'd rather pass them on to Evan, so that he can. You know, if he has, if he has no interest in it, and he really doesn't have any interest in it, then you know, so it's up to him to do what, what as he wishes. But uh, I, I just can't see. That's something that I would not feel good. Even though I got my asking price at a show for a big book, I don't think I feel good about giving it up. And uh, I still think about some books that we sold at the store. That were really high quality Silver Age books, and I think about the jerks that we sold them to, and so you know everybody's money is the same. But I think I would rather, looking back, I think I would rather have kept the books than to to sell it to them. Gotcha. No, I understand. Uh, well, for whatever it's worth, you know, again, as far as alternate realities ever coming out of retirement for a show, it's the sort of thing. If you ever wanted to do it, I would happily answer the call but i would not be uh i would not it's not something i would i would uh, ask or, or push you to do and uh for, for, again in my mind i feel like that window closed i feel like it was open briefly and had there not been a pandemic we would have we would have had that moment but uh yeah i don't know i feel like i feel like the opportunity has passed but you never know you never know i mean it, it's uh, it's like i guess i i look at it from a well we've talked about stuff like this before when bill wanted to do a show you wanted to do do a, a booth that looks just like the interior of alter realities. Yeah, and I said, but the whole point is to make money, not to have have a lot of people laughing, saying, "Wow, it looks just like alter realities at this booth." Um, what I, I look at doing a show and saying, "What what would we sell?" You know, it's like I, I can see if we took a, if we took all the full size Bowen bus, we could do a full fill a booth with just that. But I don't want to be a statue dealer, mm. and you know, if I took, uh, we had all these action figures, cases and loose, uh, not loose, but carded. Um, it's like, I, I don't want to be the toy dealer. I don't want to be the guy when they walk in and say, well, there's the toy dealer. Or there's the pops guy or whatever. Um, you know, I, I wanted to be a comic book dealer. So uh, I, I don't think it would have product. But then again, you know, Rich would tell you the, the secret to get me to do a show. Oh, just tell right. you you can't do it. I know exactly. Oh yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, I like, know. You you couldn't do this show anymore. Like, <laughs> oh, <I got> <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so you never know. I mean, 
again, it's it's a again, I, I, again it's a whole COVID thing. I, I still take it very seriously. You'd be surprised at the number of people that I've spoken to who do not plan to get immunized. On that note, and, uh, yeah, no, no, I don't. I mean to cut you off, but on that note, because this was something I wanted to bring up. So. You know, one of the Odoisms is, you know, uh, humans don't deserve self-rule. And there have been numerous times recently where I've said to myself, you know, he was really right. <laughs> and and so I wanted to ask you, because, you know, when, when you've been on the show before, we've never, you know, we've steered clear of politics. And I, I overall, I think that's a good policy for this podcast. But that being said, I, I guess I want to frame it this way. You know, how much of your day is spent consuming news and then composing your Facebook posts because you are very, it seems, very, very active. Um, and maybe you've quieted a little bit recently, but, uh, I mean, you, you've been posting up quite a storm. And I was like, how big a part of your day is the consumption of news and then your your analysis and the composing of, of your, your posts? Um. I, I guess, I, I, again, it's a funny thing, you know. You, <sighs> growing up, I always thought I was, I was an introvert. And I've been told many times by everybody that I'm, I'm an extrovert. Um, again, growing up, I never thought I was very political. I was a political science major. I had no interest in it. But uh, in, uh, I guess uh, it was only recently that uh, you get bombarded by the news and the headlines and the outrage that uh, it, it's really, a, a, I, I think it's really, it just triggers my anger. And that's why I spend so much time. I don't think I do it as much anymore because we don't have that guy as president. But, um, but I guess, you know, what surprises me is that uh, I, I get, what, what bothers me about the human race I, I don't like I don't like racism, I don't like bigotry, I don't like homophobia, I don't like uh, uh, what a <sighs> transphobia. Well, I, I don't like uh, hypocrisy. That's what it is. you know. And then uh, I guess when I see it, it just outrages me so much. But it also outrages me that so many people don't get outraged or don't seem to be aware you know it, it's almost like i don't know if they want to just it life is simpler when they can ignore it but uh, i think it needs and people i always said have short memories so even if they say gee that was terrible that's wrong a, a week from now they, they won't remember it yeah partially because a week from now something more outrageous is going to happen but uh i think every now and then people need to have water splashed on their face and I get the feeling that a lot of people don't bother to splash the water on on on, on people's faces to to keep it keep it in the public eye. Um, but yeah, it's I, I probably don't spend as much time on it as I used to. But uh, I was actually surprised that so many people got the impression that I was spending a lot of time on it because I thought I was just spending a normal amount of time that any I'll say concerned citizen should uh, be involved with. Yeah. I mean, again, I feel like at the height of your your passion, it, it was it was a significant number per day. But again, I know you feel, I know you feel strongly about it. Um, I mean, is it safe to say? Have you had? What's more common that one of your friends will unfriend you, or you unfriend them? 
Oh, I haven't unfriended anybody. Yeah, all right. I, I don't think I don't think I've unfriended anybody. Um, but have you been unfriended by? Oh yeah, yeah, sure. You know, I don't come out and call them out by name, which I think is because I'm a coward. I should call them out by name, but uh, I mean, and, and we all have common friends, but uh, but I don't need to call them out because our friends know who I'm talking about, and I guess. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't. I was. I guess I feel like I haven't really lost anything. Um, you know, there there are people who there's some high school people that I didn't know very well in high school, but just based on their posts, I I, I realize they're they're idiots, and uh, I feel like sometimes when they post stuff, that I should comment and counter it, but then I thought, but nowadays I think what's the point? You know that. Yeah, who is it? Well, one of the Monty Python guys saying that stupid people are too stupid to know they're stupid. <laughs> so it's like, okay, something like that. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, um, well, I think we, it's, we what, what? It's, it's just tiring, you know, and at, the, at this point, um, it, it's, it's more fun to look at pictures of puppies and kittens and, uh, you know, Calvin and Hobbes cartoons and, uh, yeah. Oh, I forgot to look at the Prince Valiant cartoon yesterday. Okay. <laughs> I got I got to tell you though and I you know uh, <laughs> recently I saw one of our customers we we <laughs> talk off mic but post about how he's not going to get the vaccine and my red ring lit up and it's one of those things where it's like you know like you I mean we've been exceedingly cautious during this period. We we work from home and we've been you know, again, very, very cautious. Like we very recently started taking our son to this outdoor music class organized by uh, a local family. And they we were very happy to find this group because they screen the other families and talk about sort of uh, like, you know, daily behavior and things like that to get a feel for how everyone's approaching the pandemic. We're outdoors and distance and masked. Um, so it, we, you know, we really tried to, you know, pick something that would be as safe as possible. And you know, and, and I saw that post from the former customer of ours and, you know, based on the post, it's not a matter of, you know, medical reasons why he can't get it or a religious reason. And, you know, it, it angered me. Honestly, it angered me because it's like, you're part of the reason why we're so worried. Like we're trying to keep ourselves and our son safe. And it's like, you're part of the reason why this continues to be a source of stress. So, you know, to anyone listening or watching this, uh, hopefully I haven't offended you, but at the same time, it's like, <laughs> I don't know what else to say at this point. It's, it's very frustrating. Well, I always say we can't save the human race. Not that it deserves to be saved, yeah. but, uh, you know, I feel honestly, I, I've, I think about, I think when, you know, you say you think about me once in a while, I think about you once in a while because I feel bad for you, for, for your, the family, for, for your son, because, this is the way the world's going to be now for a long time, you know, and uh, I, I don't feel bad for myself because I said, well, I'll be dead in five or 10 years. So I don't have to worry about it. But for you guys, and especially for Milo, you know, it's like to, 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 to be an infant and not have interaction with others. It's, it's, it's like when I feel bad for my dog, I should have adopted two puppies instead of just the one. So that she would always have, so that they would have somebody to play with. Um, you know, it's like for, for Milo, for all little kids out there, for baby, you know, babies being born during the pandemic. It's like, they're not, it's not, 
I don't say I don't say normal, but it's it's a it's a different world that they're they're inheriting. It is, and uh, you know, and it didn't necessarily have to be this bad. I mean, people are thinking, oh, everything's wonderful. You know, two thirds of America is immunized, but it's like <laughs> millions of people are dying in in India right now. <laughs> you know. And, and and it's not going away in Europe and in, in Japan they don't even have the not they don't even have the vaccine you know so it's a, it's <laughs> it's not going away for a long time even, even though they want to open all the restaurants and, and go back and open all the movie theaters it's like I'm not going I'm immunized and I'm still wearing a mask I mean there are people who are immunized and they're not going to be wearing a mask it's like it's not going away it really should be it's unfortunate that it's not visible like in a sci-fi movie well, like zombies walking down the street, you see these big softball size COVID viruses, you know, just floating like like an alien invasion. And then maybe people would would uh, think twice. But yeah, I mean, we talked to our, uh, I talked to the mailman. I talked to um, who was it? Uh, well, I'm, I'm I'm drawing a blank now. But you, it's just you'd be surprised. You know, people you think, well, they should because. You know, they, they deal with the public all the time um, and um, no plans yeah so it's like I will say you know, uh, and as, yeah go ahead no no you go sorry no I'm just saying I, I'll never travel to a, to a certain states where they don't think it's real anyway yeah you know I you know I will say on a happy note though as far as Milo goes you know we've been doing this music class now for I don't know has it been two months maybe we've been doing it for a little while now and I got to tell you, he's so into it and he follows the musician. He's like the star of the music class. He follows the musician around. He goes up to the other, like, and he's great with the other kids. And there's like, there are a few now, cause we see the same people. Um, and he's like, he, cause that was our concern, right? Like he wouldn't know how to, how to interact or he'd be afraid. And that hasn't been the case. Like he's super adaptable. Uh, so, so that's been great. And, you know, we've, we've really made an effort. I mean, my mother-in-law is in our pod i guess you would call it so she you know she, she comes here she spends a decent amount of time here and then she goes home but she is safe when she's home and uh so he's had her here as well and we do distant stuff with my parents and um then we do make an effort every day to get out even if it's just a walk in the neighborhood or a walk to the park or a starbucks run where we order ahead and then we <laughs> run in and grab it uh so you know we've we you know we've tried to do that but yeah it's been tough it's been limiting but when we see him at that class not only how much he loves it but the way he he interacts it's like okay it at least it put us somewhat at ease where you know i think we would be more because we were talking about this i mean if he were a few years older and like had just started school or something like that and then he had a year on zoom i mean i think i would have been you know more concerned about that so i don't know but uh but we were happy happy to see him at the music class he really he loves it i'm glad yeah yeah that's that's good yeah well i again it's a whole new world it's uh i I look back at my life and i say i'm I'm glad i grew up when i did and uh you know got to have all these good and bad experiences you know i mean i look back and say gee you know i i grew up in New York television only had seven channels and we had to actually go up to the television and turn the dial to change channels, you know, and, and, and it was all black and white. Um, I'm glad we were part of it. I'm, part, I'm glad we were part of the time when it was rotary phones and we had to wait till it's 11 PM to make long distance phone calls when the rates go down. Um, you know, but, but again, just at the right time so that I, I do get to enjoy iPads and iPods and 
and uh, yeah, I guess this, you know, this, uh, to to you, this is this is uh, this is normal stuff, but for somebody like me, this technology is incredible. You I, know, it, 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 it changes it changes the world. Yeah. So now, Steph and I talk about that too. That we we are grateful to be you know born when we were because it's like we know what it's like to not have all of this technology but at the same time we're able to adapt to it pretty quickly you know so we really were like right right you know on, on the line there of knowing the before and after uh and I, I do i do appreciate that we'll make sure milo knows you know like what a vcr is you know i don't want it to be someone he sees and what is yeah. that it's like no nah, we'll, we'll explain what everything is <laughs> yeah it's, it's what his uncle rich still uses <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> On a, I don't so, even think he does. He even ha, he he has a Blu-ray player, right? Rich, Rich. So you know, uh, when Darby was on for the April Fool's Day episode of Longer Halloween, and we we not planned, we ended up doing like an extended bit about Rich's technology or lack thereof. It was it was pretty funny, but yeah, I mean, he has <laughs> for anyone who didn't listen to that, you know, he has. Um, a flat screen TV that he inherited from his mother that as far as we know is not plugged in. He has a Blu-ray player that no. a few of us that, you know, remember a few years ago, years ago now, a few of us, this was when Blu-ray players were more expensive and a few of us, you know, chipped in and we got him a Blu-ray player and that is still in the box. So he watches on his, you know, little rabbit ears television that he got from the car rental place that he was such a frequent customer of. Remember? Right, right. Yeah, he, he still uses that. <laughs> and I guess... I don't know how often he uses a VCR, but I think he, right? I actually don't know about a VCR. Probably, he probably has a VCR. He has a DVD player. I know he has that. I think he's got a VCR because I lent him a, a VHS tape of uh, an old black and white movie. And I think he saw that. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, he. Uh, I guess he's got a, a DVD player hooked up, but maybe he never took the Blu-ray out of the box because... Yeah. Um, I think people have lent him uh, certain movies on DVD. Um, yeah, I mean, didn't, you guys did that podcast with uh, Superman, Adventures of Superman, right? Yes, we sure did. Yeah, did you send him the Adventures of Superman, the, 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 movie, the show, <laughs> or did he have that? <laughs> he had. He only had season one on DVD. And the rest he did from memory slash what he happened to catch on on reruns <laughs> like over oh, the past okay. few months. Uh, yeah. But we, yeah, we made it work. Every, uh, the, Sunday, I think. The funnier part was when we did our episode on the late 80s uh, Ruby Spears Superman cartoon. And he did a 30-minute episode w without watching a single minute of that cartoon. It was, I mean, it was classic Rich Roney. Uh, where, you know, we talked ahead of time and I, I don't know, I, I, I thought he might like try to watch one, but he didn't, but we still had a great chat. It still worked. He remembered everything, right? Pretty much. Well, he, he knows has he, a fantastic memory. He does, but he didn't know that that cartoon even existed. Like we both kind of discovered it at the same time. And then oh, okay. we decided to do an episode about it. And he just, he did it based on, I think he watched the opening credit, the, you know, the opening montage and uh, and he read about it, and then we got thirty minutes out of it, but it worked. But the Adventures of Superman stuff was was amazing. But uh, before we 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 wrap up here, so is this is this sixty five the birthday coming up in June? Yeah, this is it. I mean, it's it's yeah. a shame that we can't Medicare. do a well, but it's Not a shame Medicare. that we can't do a, a big celebration for you. Yeah, it's just another birthday. Well, I mean, you I think know, that it's but... crazy because I know obviously you and Rich are contemporaries, and. You know, I think back, it's crazy how fast it goes. And I know you know this, but, you know, I think about his 60th birthday when we went to Molly Spillane's 
in Mamaroneck. And I look at that and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that was, you know, a year or two ago, that was five years ago. Yeah. Oh. I mean, the idea that the store has been closed for six years, that, that's uh, pretty amazing. That, that kind of went by pretty quickly. But, you know, I, I guess uh, for, for Rich and I, I think um, a, as we got older, we noticed that time goes by really fast. Even like during the week, you know, on a Sunday night, Ann's got to start work on Monday again. But next thing you know, it's already Thursday. And it's like, well, okay. The weeks are just kind of popping along. Um, yeah, the other day was at end of April was uh, the fifth anniversary of my mom's passing away. And uh, my dad has been gone now almost uh, almost 12 years, right? 11, 12 years. 11, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, Anne said to me the other day that, you know, we're getting our 10th anniversary is coming up. I was like, I can't believe it. You know, so, but uh, yeah, it goes by pretty quickly. Yeah. That's why, um, being the father figure, my concern is that you guys are financially set, are investing well and saving for the future, and uh, and watching your health. And yeah. that's all. That's all. You know, from from my point of view, that's all that really matters. Yeah. You know, everything else is just kind of crap that just kind of flows along. But it's almost. It, but but it goes by so fast that uh, you know you got you got to take care of those uh, basics. I think, uh, what was it? Um, uh, I won't keep you much longer, but uh, right after the store had closed, uh, you remember Kara mm-hmm. Zamborski. She, I guess she had a, a lead on a collection in Connecticut. So uh, we, went, we drove out there and uh, looked at it. And uh, again, you feel bad for the guy. Not that I crushed his dreams, but you know, here he put, you know, he'd been collecting all these comic books for decades. And he thought he was going to retire on this, or at least his wife thought they were going to retire on it. And it was like, well, you know, what do you offer him? A thousand dollars? And you feel like you're paying too much. Um, we ended up not getting it, but uh, we stopped at a, at a pizza place that Evan and I used to go to out there. And, um, you know, sat for, had lunch. And I was talking to her about, you know, because she was going to start to head out west and, and, you know, start her adventures. I, I don't know if you've stayed in touch with her at mm-hmm. all. But, um, you know, I was talking about uh, investments and retirements and paying off school loans and stuff like that. And she looks at me and goes, "Is this is this the adult talk?" Yeah, so I was like, "Yeah, okay." Yeah, it's a grown up talk, right? So, uh, but I guess from my point of view, at this point, you know, again, even with Evan, you know, as long as he's set up uh, his investment portfolio and he's set up financially and. Uh, I, I feel like I've done my what I'm, I need to do for him uh, by making sure he'll he, he'll be okay. Uh, I mean, we, we've done all this stuff with the siding and the roof and the solar panels and repairing this and that the house, so that he, that's something he doesn't have to worry about when he takes over the house. That's uh, I, I feel that's my responsibility as a father. That's my responsibility, and uh, you know, as far as like you boys, uh, you Bill and, and 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 the others, you know, I, I, I well, I mean, well. You have your own fathers to take care of you. <laughs> but, you know, it's like I always feel like uh, hopefully, uh, you know, if ever the need comes, you know. Because I, I remember telling Roby, it's like if it didn't work out in Seattle, just come home. You know, and it's like, it's like telling you, telling, it's like sending sending your your uh, your, your kid out there to, to, to fight the world. But if it's no good, you know, he, he had to know that, you know, he's always he's always got a place to come back to. So, uh, you know, that that's... Uh, I guess my Father's Day message, I don't know, it doesn't make much sense, but yeah, it's uh, always proud of you boys. I got to tell you that. 
So um, anyhow, well, if you need me, you give me a call. You know, come running. Well, I appreciate that, and I know the other the other boys at the shop <laughs> from the shop uh, appreciate it as well. And yeah, uh, you know, thank you for everything over these years. And, you know, on the note of father's day, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Evan seems like he's got a great head on his shoulders and, you know, you mentioned your dad, I do think about him too. And, you know, he's, he's very much missed and, and, you know, always in my thoughts as well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, a very happy father's day to you and the other dads out there, a happy birthday to you as well. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Happy father's day. It's funny to say that to you though, you know, <laughs> in a way you're still like, you know, that, that uh, high school, college kid, you know, the fact that you went to law school, it's kind of like, well, okay, that was just a couple of years ago. Right. But, uh, it goes by real fast, yeah. but, uh, but thank you. And I got to say, I love, I love being a dad. It's the best. It's really the best. It is great. Isn't it? Yeah. I say that to all, all young, you know, expecting parents that it's the best thing that, uh, that's ever happened. And, uh, oh, you know, Phil, I don't know if it's, it's supposed to be common knowledge but <laughs> maybe uh, tell me off mic then just in case yeah yeah you want to do that I mean, i'll kind of yeah just it, just but, tell but me just one, off mic. One, one of our one of our one of the boys is is, is going to be expecting soon oh so, well uh, that's news to me i really wife <laughs> uh, news to me but I, that's that's good to know uh yeah you, you can tell me off mic but uh okay. but but and we have we have another little thing to record which so hang on hang on the line here as we do our, our little outro here but thank you very much for being part of this episode of the longer halloween and uh always, froze. A, always a pleasure you uh, froze oh we made it pretty far but uh ah superman very nice well, this is your birthday present. Oh, well, I, I appreciate it, that. It, it's one of those like silver, one ounce, Troy ounce of silver or something like that. And uh, it's, it's a lot less impressive than it looked on the average. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I appreciate it. We'll get it to you somehow. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, yeah, always. A I'm glad that I got to see you and we got to chat. And, you know, the audience, I, you know, you're a fan favorite and people always ask how Steve is doing. So I'm glad that we were able to present this. So thank you. Thank you to our audience. Uh, of course, we'll be back with the next episode of The Longer Halloween in one month. But in two weeks, we have the very, very special 100th episode spectacular of My Comic Shop History. So two weeks from now, uh, you, really, you really don't want to miss it. Uh, and until then, don't be a flat squirrel. My Comic Shop History is a flat squirrel production. Art by Filtastic Phil Menza. Music by Basic Printer. If you like what you heard, be sure to listen to Digging for Kryptonite available on most major podcast platforms. Sign up for exclusive content at patreon.com slash anthonydesiato and watch My Comic Shop Country out now on Apple TV and Amazon.